This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Oh, wait, you're listening. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. <coughs> you're listening, listening to Radio Lab. Radio Lab. Shorts! <laughs> From WNYC. Yes. And NPR. Hey, I'm Jada Boomran. I'm Robert Krulwich. This is Radio Lab. The podcast. Yes, and today on the podcast, we're going to present a story that... Uh, the whole thing is an accident, really, this yeah. particular podcast. We were on tour a few months ago doing the symmetry thing. In San Francisco. And right as we were there, we got an email from a woman who lives there mm. telling us this nutty story. Something... Odd had happened to her, and she wanted to share it with us, so he met her in the lobby. I, I missed, I, I didn't hit the record button fast enough. Okay. Could you just tell me your name again? Sure. And, and uh... My name is Liza Schoenfeld, and I'm a research technician at the Gladstone Institute at the University of California, San Francisco. Now, Liza is just getting started with her scientific career. Finished my undergraduate degree about a year and a half ago. And this story takes place as she was about to take that next step after college and apply to grad school. And the star of our story, other than, of course, Liza herself, yep. is a little mischievous part of her brain. Well, everyone's brain. Part of your brain called the basal ganglia. Basal ganglia, which at the time she'd been studying. Just so we understand, basal and ganglia. So basal is not the uh, thing from which pesto is made in your case. No. What does basal mean? I'm going to have to ask someone else about that. Okay, let's go, to, go on to ganglia. So ganglia, you know, collections of neurons. Big collections. So basal ganglia is a fairly large part of your brain. It's actually this big hunk deep in the center. And it's responsible for controlling and coordinating movement. When I move my neck back and forth, am I using my basal ganglia? Yeah. When I wink, am I using my basal ganglia? Yeah. When I make an expression in my face, am I using my basal Definitely. ganglia? Definitely. What about if I'm reading uh, The New Yorker? I don't think so. Apologies to The New Yorker and its employees. <laughs> the point is, this part of your brain is really basic. And at the lab where she was working, uh, they had figured out this particular basal ganglia trick. Using this really cool technology called optogenetics. Maybe trick isn't quite the right word. What they'd done is they'd found a way to take a mouse thread a little fiber optic cable through its skull, deep into its brain, into its basal ganglia. So that when you shine a blue laser, literally we just shine lasers into mouse brains. They could actually turn its basal ganglia, or parts of it, on or off. And this is in a live mouse? This is in a live mouse. So we have these really cool videos showing a mouse running around, having a great mouse time. You turn the light on, we can get him to freeze. In mid-stride? Yeah. So freeze. you hit the laser and boom, the mouse stops? The mouse is like this. So you use Frozen. light to like yes. puppetize the mouse? Yes. If you're this mouse, no matter how hard you try... Move, feet! Move! As long as that light is on... Come on, move! You can't do it. Liza is holding the strings. Not exactly. It turns out she doesn't get to play with the laser that much. I'm kind of like, I'm the bottom of the totem pole, so I do a lot of pipetting. It's like where you squirt liquid from one tube to another. I'm working on my pipetting skills these days. Grunt work. Work at the thumb muscles. Oh, I could beat anyone in the thumb wrestling competition right now. So, at a certain point, she was like, enough of this. It's time for me to apply to grad school. Yeah, um, I applied to 
1985, University of California, San Diego, University of Washington in Seattle, UCSF, Rockefeller University, and Harvard. Okay, so you're going big. Yeah, go big or go home. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so she heads off to her first interview. University of Washington, went great, I loved it. Okay. I went to Penn, University of Pennsylvania. Went down to UCSD in San Diego. It's a beautiful place. Great scientists. It's actually the largest neuroscience community in the world. So far, so good. Did you ever go back to San Francisco, where we are now? This is where things get strange. Yes, so my last interview, my very last interview, was at UCSF. And she says about a week before that interview... I got really sick. So I think it, it was some kind of stomach flu, but it was pretty severe nausea. I wasn't really able to eat or do anything. And Throwing up? Yeah, oh, all sorts of... I don't know, I had some bad dim sum the weekend before. Mm. That could have been it. Yeah, that's it. So she goes to the doctor, he gives her some pills to fight the nausea. And then the next day was my interview. Friday was my interview. So I went, you know, there's a nice introduction, they give you breakfast. At this point, she's pretty familiar with the whole routine. Generally, the way these interviews are structured is that we talk a little bit about my research in dopamine and the basal ganglia and these mice. They tell her about their work. I have to think of a couple witty questions. I ask my questions. What's a witty question in this context? <laughs> would, we even, would we even laugh? A, a witty science question? It's a witty science witty question. Witty science Okay, right. never mind. Anyhow, she's raring to go, and she heads in to meet her first basal ganglietician of the day. And he studies, um, one of the things he studies is dopamine. In the basal ganglia. He studies stuff that's a little bit more molecular than what I, than what I know, but we had a good conversation about dopamine, and at this point in the day, I was feeling okay. No nausea. Then I went to my second interview, which is this woman that I was so excited to talk to. Her name is Allison Dope, and she's pretty well known. Her name is Allison Dope? Wow. Allison Dope. Wow, and she studies dopamine? <laughs> she studies songbirds. Songbirds. Which is what Liza really wanted to study. So birds have basal ganglia too. So she's pretty fired up. And kind of the beginning of that interview, my, my face started to feel a little bit strange. And I was wearing glasses that day. So what I thought was happening was that my glasses were, you know, your glasses get loose and they kind of start to slip down your nose and you have to kind of tighten the muscles around your ears to try and keep your glasses on. So we were talking, and I just kept on feeling like, God, why can't I stop tightening that? It was kind of got to the point where it started to distract me, but I, I felt okay. Then we went to lunch, and this was a lunch with all the current students and a lot of the current faculty and all the prospective students. And at lunch, I remember on the walk to lunch, my head just started spontaneously turning to the right. Like, 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 I, like I would be trying to sit here and face you, and I would just turn over here and face Robert. That's, a, that's such a funny thing. It's, it's was your neck moving and you're like, no neck, don't do that neck. Yes, no. this oh, is back. exactly what was happening. I was trying to send signals to my neck being like, all right, sitting here having lunch with an important professor, why don't you just face him, talk to him. And instead I'm just turning over here, <laughs> <laughs> turning over here, turning over here. Oh, you're turning a fairly wide arc. Yeah. You are turning away from oh, the professor. Yeah. So oh. I, remember, I remember at one point in lunch turning my chair like this. So I could You're sit trying here to rotate. Talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> this. A, a permanent sidelong glance. Yeah. But she figured it's not that painful, so it must just be a cramp or something. And I'm kind of thinking, oh, okay, so I slept funny last night. I must have slept on a weird angle on my pillow. Now I'm having a neck cramp. My glasses are loose. I just got to tighten the glasses. Yeah, everything under control. So, so then I, after lunch, was going to go to my third interview. It was with Allison Dope's husband, who also studies songbirds. So he's familiar with the basal ganglia, too. They meet up to walk over to his office together. And so I explained to him on the walkover, I think I'm having neck cramps. Would it be possible maybe to try and get a hot pad? He says, sure, I may track one down. But on the walk, not only now does my neck start turning to the right, but it's snapping itself back. Involuntarily. Yeah, my head's snapping back. Like so you're, suddenly your eyes are pointed up at the yeah. sky. And then as I'm talking to him, I'm realizing that I can't control my eyebrows from, from raising pretty tightly. 
So I look like you're doing like, right now. Like I'm doing. So right you're now. in a state of of deep surprise. Yes. To read your constant face. deep surprise. High eyebrow. I can't stop it. <laughs> I look surprised at everything I'm saying, and I can't stop it. So after the eyebrows start, and I can't pull them back down, then then the mouth, then all this area starts to go. In the lower face. Yes. What is it doing? It turns into this really twisted, painful, grimacing smile. <laughs> <laughs> Would you mind I, demonstrating? I'll demo it. I'll demo it. Okay, so I've got the neck is like this. Crane back. The eyebrows are like this. Total surprise. My face is a little bit like this. Crazy Frankenstein face. <laughs> this is not the obviously the best demeanor for a graduate interview. No, yeah, it's not, it's not going well at that point. And I'm, and I'm now, was Michael now noticing that something is... Yeah, I think at that point he thought I was just really excited to be talking about neuroscience. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just trying to think, okay, mouth, like, try, try and just calm down a little bit. <laughs> and it was pretty painful, too. I mean, it was like, imagine like a Charlie horse in your face. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. But she gets through the interview. I actually do okay. You know, he asks me tough questions about science and I can answer them, I think. And I leave the interview and then I met by the woman who's the head of the admissions weekend. And she took one look at Liza. And she said, I, you know, I don't know if you should do the rest of your interviews. And with her is my student host. And Liza decides, all right, let me just call my dad. Just to say, hey, Dad, I'm in the middle of my interview, and something kind of funny is happening with my face. I can't control it. And while I'm talking to him, I lose control of my mouth and my tongue. So I can't, I can kind of talk, but it's, it's, it's pretty bad. pretty bad. Is your dad a doctor? No. Imagine your kid calling you being like, I'm losing control of my face. And as they're telling you that, I started to think something's really wrong. And then my student host comes rushing back in, running. And he looks at me and he tries to put on a calm face and he says, so now we need to go to the emergency room. So they throw her into a taxi. And in the taxi, it went from I can't control my mouth to a complete, I mean, a complete. Palsied and a torque. I did not look good. As we're pulling up to the emergency room is when my throat started tightening up. They rush her inside. And they have me in a gurney, in a room in the back of the ER, surrounded by six people within two minutes. Doctors swarming all around her. Oxygen mask, EKG leads all over my chest. They do an IV. And as she's lying there on the table, she's thinking, like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I control my throat? Why can't I control my body? And I just, I couldn't, I remember frantically sending messages like, you got to cut this out now. But she wasn't in control. And it turned out... That while she was going from interview to interview to interview, talking about how her lab had taken these little mices and seized control of their basal ganglia, the composine that I took... That nausea drug? ...was actually affecting the dopamine systems in my basal ganglia. In other words, that drug had been doing to her... Pretty much what she'd been <laughs> doing to those mice. One to two percent of people who take composine, they can have what's called an acute dystonia, which is what happened to me. During all those interviews. And the crazy thing is... The guy that I talked to first in the morning was the molecular dopamine guy. You know, how does dopamine get packed in the vesicles? How does it get released? And it wasn't until I started talking with the more systems-level people who studied the behavioral output of the basal ganglia that I started to have behavioral deficits <laughs> in my basal ganglia. Wow. So, so your basal ganglia are testing the San Francisco docs, and they are failing in issue <laughs> Yeah. Did you get into San Francisco State? Are, are UCSF. The, are UCSF? No. No. Oh. Hmm. Damn it. Basal ganglia. <laughs> we should probably tell everybody that Liza's obviously doing okay. Back in the ER, when the doctors finally figured out what was going on, they just gave her some Benadryl, of all things. And, and actually, within 20 minutes, I was feeling a lot better. She could breathe. Her face had unclenched. 
And when we asked her, uh, how has this little adventure changed you? Uh, she said, well, I'm still working with those mice. Because when we talked to her, grad school hadn't started yet. And now, when I go into that room with a little laser... I go in now and I just really, I empathize with them. <laughs> Come on, little Casper, this will just be for a couple of minutes. You can do it. Yeah, I'm thinking a lot about that. Liza Schoenfeld is now a proud Ph.D. candidate at the University of Washington. And uh, thank you to Brenna Farrell for production help on this podcast. And that is our podcast. There it is. I'm Robert Krolwich. I'm Jad Abumrad. Thank you for listening. Hi, this is Samantha from Sacramento, California. I'm a Radio Lab listener. Radio Lab is supported in part by the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, enhancing public understanding of science and technology in the modern world. More information about Sloan at www.sloan.org. Thanks. On Notes from America, we have conversations with people across the country about how we can truly become the nation that we claim to be. Each week, we talk about race, our politics, education, relationships, usually all of them, because everything's connected. And you, our listeners, are at the center of those conversations. I'm Kai Wright. Join me on Notes from America, wherever you get your podcasts.